Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, my friends. I have Daniela, also known as Heavenly Pockets, on TikTok. She is coming in on my Zoom from, you're in Brussels? Right? Yes. In, in yes. Belgium? Well, right now I'm in Berlin, Germany, but in, I'm okay. mainly in Brussels. Yes. Okay. That is so interesting. <laughs> so interesting yeah. to me because I've never been there. So I'm like, what's it look like? Thank you so much for joining me. We always have really good warm up talks. So I'm excited to see where this is going to go and what we're actually going to talk about. But definitely before I start tree branching, um, I want you to just tell us about you and how you got to what you're doing now and um yeah it's gonna be the amazing. journey to this point the journey to this point yes <laughs> well thank you Shayan, and thank you very much for inviting me to this space I'm, I'm very excited to see where we go where we're gonna go today where our conversation is gonna take us and hopefully take everyone else that is going to and is listening to this so my story, how do we get here? Huh, that's, um, that's been a process in the making. You might hear my cat in the background meowing. He likes to speak, so don't mind him. We'll allow him. Um, hey, buddy. <laughs> so I before I became a spiritualist, so before I embody my work or my vocation because it is a vocation it is what i want to do with my life as a spiritualist i was actually working in politics i had spent most of my life sure that i was going to help people through politics um in high school i was involved in a lot of mun projects then i went to university to study politics i studied in the netherlands and my undergrad <clears throat> sorry, was all based on politics, international relationships, European studies in the University of Maastricht. And then I went to this UK university, University of Kent. I did a master's degree, a double master's in international conflict and mediation, as well as political strategy and communication. And all of this was to prepare me to go into the world of politics because I saw it as that's the place where I'm going to be able to help people, uh, be able to help social structures, be able to uh, help people through policies. It's going to be exciting. This is my my purpose to the world and then i grew up and i realized yeah that's not how this works um i went into politics right after i finished my master's degree and i and that's why i went to brussels and that's why i'm based in brussels actually because i'm still living in brussels i love that city belgium has become a home because i'm colombian i'm not belgian i'm not german i'm not european i'm colombian um but Brussels, regardless of me not being in politics anymore, is still my home. So then after my master's degree, going back to the story, I, of course, stayed in Brussels working in politics, working in the heart of the European Union. Um, and that was a stark contrast to the expectations I had of what politics are and what I thought they are. I, I realized I had very, very... 
idealistic view of what politics were because I found myself working in very amazing projects. I was pretty much a connecting link between the private sector, um, huge companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, and uh, different consultancies, and then the public sector, the European Parliament, the European Commission, uh, EU governments. And I was that connecting link that would bring people into different projects in the organizations that I worked in. I found myself not helping people, but doing a lot of ego management, doing a lot of what is necessary for people to achieve their own political agendas, not so much to achieve an impactful change in a specific policy area, as an impactful change in a specific, a specific, oh, hello, my cat is here. Um, <laughs> in a specific aspect of life. I even got involved with this very new political party that has been growing more and more in Europe. It's called Volt. And that was the time that I thought I found a political party that has a focus on people. Because that was the whole story with Volt, that we are focused on community. It's community-based politics. So I went full into it. I remember it was the time that we had the European elections to the European Parliament. And I managed the campaign at the European level from a communication standpoint when these uh, elections were happening. And I further realized even here in what's supposed to be a new party managed by mostly very, very young people, money and political interest has much more power in deciding what happens than the interest of the people we're supposed to serve. So I knew that was happening. And I kept, in a way, asking myself, okay, what's next? What's next? Then my body, parallel to all of this of how am I going to truly serve people because this is not it, no matter how hard I try to convince myself. And the things that I had a really good, had a really good career for people, let's say, outside looking in, it was amazing. Like, oh my God, the things you do, the access you have. We... I hated it. To my core, even though I enjoyed a lot of things, to my core, I hated it because I knew I was not helping anyone. The fact that most decisions were made on would it benefit me politically for some people was 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 not real for me. That's not, is, is it going to benefit a community? Are we doing anything for, are we actually doing something for a community or are we thinking on, are we going to get elected in two or three years? Is this going to add to the story that I'm going to use in two or three? It's not what I wanted to do. So while all of this was going on, my body pretty much started to shut down, shut down, shut down. I started getting sick. 2018 was a really, really hard year for me. My body pretty much stopped um, holding food. And I had moments where I was really, really sick to the point of how to go to a hospital. And it was it was unknown what is going on with her body. And then I would just go back to normal. And it was this really normal high, so to speak, of I'm fine, I'm healthy, I have the energy of the world to then crash on. I can keep food down. And it was like slowly, slowly I was dying. And that was the final warning shot that my body gave me. My body said, you are either going to continue lying to yourself and thinking that this is what you want to do, 
and continue staying in something because you have done so much to this point. All your studies were good. I, I went to undergrad and master's studies, focus on politics. So a part of me was like, but this is what I have been preparing my whole life for. I have to make this work in many ways. And my body said in 2018, yeah, that's not going to work. You either change or we go. And that's when I started a whole process of, okay, I need to heal myself. Because that was the other thing. With my body, doctors didn't know what was going on. And it was like, we have no idea. You're a huge question mark. Because when you're really, really sick, it's like you might have IBS, you might have Crohn's disease, so many things. But then your body just goes back to its normal state and you are as healthy as a horse. So there's no consistency for us to be able to say you have this diagnosis. So then I retreated fully, fully, fully more into myself. And that's when the spiritual realms, I, I always say the spiritual realm just snatched me and was like, oh, you want to stop? You're finally pausing and asking yourself, who truly am I? And in what way am I going to serve others? Because that's one thing that I always have very clear. And that's one thing that has been very clear to me throughout my life. I'm here to help others. And again, politics was the way that I thought I was going to help others. Then I realized that's not the case. So it was a matter of finding out. So how? How am I going to help? How am I going to be able to be of service to others? And slowly, slowly, I was guided to this. And I have spent since 2018 a dedicated life 2018 and 2019 were the years of transformation for me but they, they were just personal transformation and it was a transformation of who i am um who i taught myself to be the breaking of my identity because my identity had to completely die it was one of the toughest processes i've gone through my identity had to fully die and going through that death and rebirth to then start taking the path of the education I needed to start serving others. And that, that also broke so many stereotypes, perspectives, expectations I had of what it meant to serve someone from a spiritual perspective. So, yeah, I think that gives you an idea of how we got here. I love your story so much. And here <laughs> are my pull-aparts, just so we can compare notes. Um, yes. So, yes, obviously you're very successful in all the things that you went to school for, and it's all the things that were told, right? Like, you, you go to college to study what you're going to go and, like, work on and, like, build a career on your whole life, um, which, you know, looking back is really messed up to do to an 18-year-old when you think of how cognitive... 18 year olds are right like you're like yeah go ahead and go to school for the next like however many years and like decide what you're going to do the rest of your life and you have no idea who you are at that age anyways but following the program following what we're all supposed to do go to college you not only graduate successfully in a multitude of certificates universities programs however you want to call it but you're extremely successful the access is something that I was thinking about like how intoxicating for your ego yeah. right and you call it like my identity like was my job it was my degree it was my access it was yes. all of these managing egos so to speak 
Um, but your ego, obviously, was like, um, no, we can't do this. Like, this is our life. This is our identity. This is what we talk about at holidays. Oh, yeah, I went and did this. I went and did this. I went and did this. But inside, you're like, I'm miserable inside. I hate doing it. I'm not my authentic self. All of these relationships are fake. You know, they are manageable PR relationships. Um, mm -hmm. And you're not the first person I've talked to, like, especially after, obviously, going through, like, the splitting of the ego and the authentic self and having the realizations, like, I am not my ego, I am not my thoughts, who is my authentic self, and then, like, what I like to say, the dark night of the soul, just, just cracking everything, losing yeah. a bunch of stuff, um, people kind of backing away because, like, they're seeing a transformation, and the only thing that they know is, like, I'm so sorry to yeah. stop you, but there's a really weird recording stopped sound coming. So, um, how was I going to start that? Oh, okay. So family starts backing away, right? Family, friends, like, and I always think more of like vibrational, but in the beginning, you're just kind of like, okay, is this something like more like a mental breakdown or is this, you know, something only regular medicine, I hate to call it, is just going to diagnose me with something and, and it'll give me a label or a definition for why I'm feeling the way that I am. But a lot of people that I've talked to, they're just like, this was just the beginning of me learning how to listen to my mind, body, and my soul. And it's sitting there and it's knocking and it's tapping and it's louder and it's louder and it's louder. And like depression is a warning sign, you know, that your mask really isn't working anymore and you know it. Like, and it's really cool, right? Like think of like how much your authentic self and like your higher self and all of these energies around us, like love you so much to be so patient to like wait on you and wait on your ego to like get full and experience, especially in the physical world with all the illusions that we have to run through in that, that part of our lives before we have the coin term awakening. Um, but there's so many people out there that I know that are just riding along. They're having literally physical reactions in their body and whether they choose I'm not saying like don't go to a doctor but I'm just saying like do you have a connection with your body and if you don't like why don't you sit down and ask your body like why does my shoulder hurt why does my lower back keep hurting um all of these questions that I've learned to ask myself thanks to like yoga practice but I remember being unaware of the ailments in my body or things that were happening and I mean just the way that I was trained right I was just like oh maybe I'm getting older maybe I need to drink more water yeah nutrition I should probably work on but you know why is why is this cyclical ailment still coming back and happening to me and really sitting down and confronting that, I mean, you confronted it really well and your transformation was 2018, 2019. A lot of personal work that I think you have to do, um, especially again to like break the ego, which it hurts, it's painful, right? Like it's not like all love and light and let's sit with crystals and, you know, talk to higher energies. It's like, it's absolutely painful to like look in the mirror and be like, okay, this is what I thought I wanted to be, and now I know that I don't want to do it, but how do I actually, like, get out of it? How do I transform myself, not only for myself, but even around people? Because you're going to be completely different. Like, we talked about it before we got on. Like, the person I am now, and even the person I was, like, four, 
four or five years ago, depending on our specific timelines, completely different people, completely different perspectives, mindsets. I mean, hearts being open and then not even realizing that your heart was open was probably a big thing for me because I still loved people, right? But the way that I love people and have compassion for people now is not what I had back when I was just had an overdriven, extremely sarcastic ego. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting that you keep mentioning the ego because I feel like I have maybe an opinion or a view on the ego that I don't see as often. Um, And it's very few people that I meet that we have this view on the ego. Because I don't see the ego as wrong or something to be broken or disassociate myself from. I see the ego as part of who I am. It's part of the self. I see the ego as a bouncer to what is the club of my soul. Mm-hmm. In which case, if it's a good bouncer, they're going to make sure that safe people come in, that it's a good vibe inside, that everyone's going to be safe inside but he's the first line of defense. If it's a wounded ego, it's going to be a mess what they let inside my santori. That's the club soul, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So this whole process has not been, and especially 2018 to 2019, because I firmly believe that working on ourselves is a lifetime process as much as i right now i'm someone that guides people through their spiritual awakenings their spiritual practices their own trainings of people that want to do this work because i also have students as much as i am in these roles now i still have my own mentors i still have the own spiritualists i work with on me entirely on me um and i firmly believe that's going to be a, a process of the rest of my life, discovering and reinventing myself and allowing what needs to die, to die, to give space to new versions of who I am. Um, And in that case, I also believe that we're never catching up. We're going through the process of transformation to get to that point of who our higher self is and integrating all of these versions of who we are across so many time, space, dimensions. and that's very beautiful and very, very powerful. You said something before about how we distance ourselves from people when we go through our awakening, especially those first stages. And that is very true. And I feel that that is one of the hardest parts about this process that people struggle with at first. Because when you start realizing that you have spent the last 20, 10, 15, 30, 40, 50, I have clients that are in their 60s or early 70s, and it's like, wait, I've spent my whole entire life, 60 years, 70 years, being someone that I'm not because of duty, because of responsibility, because of expectations and frankly, because of fear and a deep, terrifying fear of being rejected, a deep, terrifying fear of, well, if I am not who the people around me expect me to be, then what am I? And that thing that I might truly be, is it going to be accepted by them? 
one of the very first things that I tell my clients, get comfortable with solitude. Not in a sense of, I'm going to be alone the rest of my life, but in a sense of, I need to be fine with the possibility of being alone the rest of my life. And ironically, when we get fine with the possibility of being alone for the rest of our lives, we, we start embodying everything that we are and we're surrounded by even more people that we have ever been before that are much more aligned in understanding of who we are. And I, I feel like that's one of the biggest jokes the universe plays on us. It's like, go through the things that you're terrified the most and I shall allow you to co-create what you desire the most. Do it. Um, because it happens in 2018. So 2018, 2018 was a, an incredible year for me. When I look back on it, I'm so thankful for 2018. But when I was going through 2018, it was hell on earth. I was sick. I was truly realizing. I couldn't pretend anymore that I was going to do politics. I just, I couldn't pretend, but I was still in it. I was in a relationship that was almost seven years long and I was miserable in it. I think we both were miserable in it, even though we're not bad people. We were very, very good friends, but we were just not the partner that we both truly wanted. And that was also taking away a lot from me. So no, no more walking in politics. No more relationship because 2018 took all of that, took all of that. Like I walked away from all of this. So restarting, I walked into 2019 pretty much naked. Politics, no identity to, connected to politics. The relationship with three more seven years ended. And I started feeling completely disconnected from all the friends I had. Fully, fully disconnected. I went from being social to not having pretty much anyone to speak with. And a lot of my friends, because I've lived through different countries um, throughout my life, in South America, here in Europe, I lived in South Korea for almost a year. So I've always had people all over the place. And even with the people that I might not see every day, but I would be constantly messaging because we have been friends through the times that I lived in certain locations, I started distancing myself because I needed to figure out who I am outside of the eyes of others. Who am I within the expectations of others? And what's really interesting is that from 2019 to 2020, I was still working in politics. I was just making plans to stop doing it. So I was already in training. I was already working with spiritualists. I was doing so many things in the background that no one knew of. And I was still a very big, let's say, question mark for people. But I was fully in that process of, okay, I know that this is there's going to be an exit point. And then the pandemic hit. And that was the final point for me of, okay, bye. That's it. That is it. Now the training wheels come off. But it was a lonely, lonely time from 2019 to 2020, where oftentimes the only socializations I had were work-related. So when I was at work, I would be very social. I had to be social. The moment I would leave work, it was just me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I constantly. And that was one of the hardest things I have done in my life. 
precisely because oftentimes you walk blind. And this is one thing that I, I would like people to be very, very comfortable with. And it's not knowing where the hell you're going. Not knowing. And it's very normal to not know because oftentimes one of the things that really gives my clients a hard time is I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I don't like. I don't know if I should do this or should. It's okay. It's okay not to know, but then start truly asking yourself those things. Start exploring, being intentional because intentionality of knowing yourself changes everything. You can try to test different things just for the sake of, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this other thing. And maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. Maybe you do like it. Maybe you don't. But when you have an intention of understanding yourself and observing yourself, I obsessively observe myself. Sometimes I feel like, <laughs> like I'm studying myself all of the time. But it is that that has given me so much understanding about myself that then I can translate into others. The way I have been able to learn to observe myself, observe the space around me, observe myself within spaces, and then be able to observe other human beings within spaces. And then you add the dimension of being a spiritualist, because I consider going to school uh, to study psychology. I'm like, okay, so if I want to help people and I'm going to be involved with consciousness, let's study psychology. But then my spirit, my own spirit guys were very, very clear on do not do that for the reason that it's very, very, it's just a different field in the sense that studying psychology was going to place a bunch of boxes in my head that being a spiritually does not have. Because most of the time when I sit with someone, it's not only me. <laughs> yes, it's me being an intuitive when it's pretty much all the team of guides, ancestors, and energies around them, and my team, and everyone is there. And I'm just the bridge. I'm just the bridge communicating them and that other realm, and how that other realm can help them connect to their own consciousness, because that's my role. My role is to help people through different modalities to connect to their consciousness. Because once you connect to your consciousness, Cheyenne, you know. And that's the other thing I tell people oftentimes. And one of my mentors, a priestess, who's actually based in the US, she says oftentimes the age of the messiahs is gone. Now is the age of us being our own oracles. And I agree 100% wholeheartedly with it. There is no better medicine than you. There's no better medicine for me than me. And there's no better medicine for every single person listening to these than themselves. But the thing is, we don't know how to be our medicine because we don't know ourselves. The moment we know ourselves, the moment that we connect to our consciousness, we have the answers. That inner compass just comes to life. And this is what I tell people oftentimes because they're like, well, I don't know about spirituality. I'm like, listen, forget about spirituality. Just focus on knowing yourself. And you will see that 90% of the time you're going to be pulled into the spiritual realm one way or the other. But that's okay. Because that's how, what happened to me too. I fully focused on just getting to know myself. It was like, okay, I need to heal myself. I need to heal my body. My body is completely out of control. I'm realizing that I am angry so much. I am angry. There's so much anger and sadness. I need to understand where this is coming from. And that was one thing that I, I, I think helped me. 
I, through all my life, I've been very trusting of myself. Even in moments when I haven't trusted myself, there was always a trust of, even if the world burns down, I've got me. And I will figure it out one way or the other. And I feel that that was part of my consciousness that just never disconnected from me, no matter how many layers of conditioning and trauma and fears and expectations I placed on me, because we place those things on us. The world might throw it at us, but we hold on to them. And I place them on me. But no matter all, all of these layers, there was that, that, I, I call it my little shark. It's like I had a little shark that was like, Mm-mm, we're going to keep swimming and I'm the biggest cat in the ocean. So I always had that. And that's why in 2018, I started that process of I'm going to get to know myself. And it's not going to be through anyone. Because I had tried therapy for so many years before. I had so many experiences when I was in my childhood that were life and death situations. So I had to go to therapy when I was a child and I went to therapy when I was in high school and then I went to therapy when I was in, in university and then when I was working in politics and it was always everything through the lens of certain boxes and I wanted to burn all of those boxes down and that's what I did and a whole world open of, okay, so this is who I am. That's cool. I love your stories. I could listen to you talk all day about your transformation. <laughs> I really do love it. So my favorite thing that you do is you really, really break it down. Like it's super relatable, whether I'm a beginner, whether I'm advanced, like wherever I want to put myself on the spiritual journey. The things that you say, at least for me, make sense to me. And they are really relatable to even my journey alone and kind of how I went along and things were breaking down and things were recreating and distancing yourself. And the solitude was one of the biggest pieces for me, which I love shy time now. That's what I call it. Like when I get to have my alone time, I'm like, what are we going to do, dude? Um, well, let's really break this down. I love that you were able to listen to your guides about going back and getting the psychology degree because there's so many people I've talked to. Um, when they want to help people, they're like, well, obviously I'm going to go and get a psychology degree, which, yeah, there's a lot of information in there. It'll teach you about parts of the brain, you know, traumas, operating systems, all of that stuff. So I can see the value in it, but the fact that they were telling you, like, it's actually just going to block your brain from like a left brain logical standpoint. And we're dealing with the higher forms of information that, you know, you guys have been taught aren't even there, you know? So yes. I'm sure I was going to ask a question there, but I just decided to go on a compliment train of like how relatable the things you say actually are. And um, I really want to get into like, okay, so your transformation was like 2018, 2019, 2020 was like the perfect exit to be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I get to work on myself more, right? Falling in 20, love with yourself through solitude. More, yeah. more specifically, 2020 was the time that I said, okay, I'm going to start helping people because 2020 was when I actually started helping and working with others. Okay, yeah, that but was my question. To 20, is I was like, yes. when, did we, when did we have enough time in solitude and understanding and self-practice and, you know, whatever ever information you wanted to do? Because it is like a calling in your heart. You're like, I'm ready to step into the light a little more. 
I'm ready. I'm ready to speak. Um, I feel, you know, this is my path. I want to do this. Um, so can you speak on that for anybody that might be like out there in that part where they've been doing the work, so to speak, and now they've really stepped into their like service with the heart? Yes. So 2020, 2018 to 2019 was a very solo time. That was, that was my, let's say death. And then 2020 to 29, no, 2018 to 2020 was the whole process until 2020. I said, this is, we wrong with this. This is the time now that I'm going to start working with people. And that's when I started working with people. But if we go into details, 2018 to 2019, it was complete healing into me fully focusing me and me and me and discovering me and working with alternative modalities. Cause I said no to therapy. So I need to learn about different things while also working with shamans and spiritualists. And I mean, I have indigenous blood and that also one of my uncles is a shaman in a indigenous tribe in Colombia that also awoken parts of myself and curiosity and learning. And then 2019 to 2020, was the time where I started preparing myself on the ways I wanted to start helping people with. And I I don't have a problem with modern medicine, especially when we talk about therapists and psychologists, but I think it's just different things. So for example, some of my clients, they go to therapists and I speak with their therapist and we speak about the work that I do with them. And they tell me about the work that they do with my clients and we merge in the approaches that we have, but we're completely different. Um, For example, I have much more liberty with my clients that a psychologist or psychiatrist has. I have much more liberty to to, as I tell my clients, to call them out, to be very, hey, this is what you're doing. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And we can't, we're not going to go in circles here until you finally realize, like, these are the circumstances. To really have those click moments, to have those, oh, okay, this is what's going on. This is what I truly feel. And also allowing the person to accept it. Because I remember thinking in that first year 2018 to 2019 that so many things i realized in therapy took way too long when it could have been done in one session like why did we spend months going in circles on one thing when we could have talked about this very specific realization that was at the tip of my tongue but i just didn't have the words and if you would have given me just a couple of keywords bingo mm-hmm. like oftentimes my clients even after a session they message me and they're like, I had the realization. And now I understand what you were trying to tell me because I tell them certain things, nudging them towards, look at this, realize this, remember this. How do you feel about this? And then the realizations hit. So I was very, very clear. And I am very clear on why my guides were very, very specific on you are not going to go to school. And the other thing was that they were like, so you don't like the system, but you're going to go ask the system how to work with others. The very system that you don't like. One of my hardest things in university 
was that I genuinely believe that they break a lot of our curiosity. Um, I went I to the University of Madrid. Sorry? I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I went to the University of Madrid in the Netherlands. And the reason I went to the university was because they have a method of teaching called problem-based learning. They pretty much give you a problem, a scenario, and from there you go into critical thinking and decide. But while I, I was studying in Madrid, we had an Erasmus time. And the Erasmus time is an exchange year that you have somewhere in the world. Most people do it here in Europe. I went to South Korea. And while I was in South Korea, I was working uh, as, as an intern for the crisis group, a research intern, and also going to Kyunghee University in South Korea. I was doing both things. And it broke my heart how the system was all about, I tell you, this is what you need to know. And anything that colors outside of what you need to know is a no. So it clashed a lot with my professors because I had questions. I had views and perspectives that were beyond what you're telling me that things are. You're telling me that the sky is red, but the sky is blue because I can see it. And how about if we just look up? And if you look up with me, you're going to see that the sky is blue. But no, because you're the professor and you say that the sky is red, I must learn that the sky is red. And I can't. I just, I, I cannot with that. So with all of that in mind, my guides, so it was really funny. 2019 was 2019 to 2020 was when I considered, okay, maybe I should go to university. So I get a better understanding of people's psychology and rah, 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 and where do things come from. And I remember my guides pretty much telling me, you need to understand, we talk to you. When you meet someone, we give you a picture of who they are and where things are coming from. What, what else do you need? I'm like, yeah, but you know, you never know. Learning is always good, was my thing. And that's when they kept bringing all of these examples across my education, where I was pretty much forced into viewing things one way. And me trying to view it in many other perspectives was shut down. And I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay far away from that. So in regards to someone deciding to change their pathways and maybe want to go into a spirituality or anything else, but in this case, I'm talking about spirituality. If you want to serve people in this vocation, because there's so many ways. This is also what I love about spirituality. There are so many ways in which you can help someone to connect to their consciousness. If you want to do that, you have to understand that you have to be obsessive with understanding the practice that you want to help others with. But above all, you have to be obsessive with understanding yourself. Very, very obsessive. Because if you are not fine, it's going to be so hard for you to be able to serve someone and not taint what you do with what's going on with you. Because there's no awareness and understanding of what's going on with you. We are works in progress for life. But the difference between those of us that have an awareness of who we are, what we are, what triggers us, what doesn't trigger us, what hurts us, what doesn't, what makes us explode, what doesn't, and how we manage ourselves, how we regulate ourselves, and those that don't, 
is that we have an easier time not bringing our own views into others. Someone that doesn't have awareness of how their own mechanisms work brings their mechanisms to others and plays them on others. And that's not our job. My job as a spiritualist is not to make a clone of me. It's to make sure that your consciousness just thrives and blossoms out of you. And you become something that I've never seen because I've never seen your consciousness. So in that way, it can happen from one day to the other. I don't know. For example, I will give you a really short example. Tarot. I had never touched tarot in my life. 2020, my sister, it was my sister, my little sister, 10 years younger than I am. And she was 18 because I was 28. She was 18. And this this baby, <laughs> this baby got into tarot. And she sent me for my birthday an oracle deck, a shamanic oracle deck. And I already had like this tingling of mm, tarot. The very first time I touched a tarot deck, it was, it was like I was blasted by energy. And I felt like my being, my energy body was just cracked open and everything just kept coming. Because I, I remember that the very first reading I did with that deck and the very first reading I gave to anyone was my sister's best friend. She she wanted to ask something about her path to university and I just sat down and I just read her past. I, I didn't know anything about her. She was my sister's best friend, but I've never met her. Uh, I didn't know much about her. And I just read her past completely present and we spoke about the future and it was so natural. And then I got a tarot deck and it's always just been natural. So for me, that happened one day to the other. It was it was just instantaneous. But that happened because I had spent the last two years of my life working on myself. I had a much better understanding of me and as such my energy, as well as the energies around me, which allowed me to be very open. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly on the, um, the almost like, whoa, tarot, oracle. Like, I've always been intrigued by it. Even when I would go on vacation, I would absolutely love to get readings, palm yes. readings, anything like that. I was always like, okay, I'm, you're right, I'm on vacation. I'm outside of my usual humdrum. Um, like, let's go experience things that, like, I like watching on TV anyways, yes. right? Because you always, yes. like, hold it close to your heart. And I actually had a friend who brought a deck to my house and like we had very similar backgrounds we went to the same school and everything and she's like oh do you want me to give you a reading and I was like you read cards I was like how do you read cards like what like we we're, we're not allowed to do that right like you don't pick them up it's it's like a gift right because at the time I'm still thinking that you know yes I was coming into Claire's senses but I didn't have a really good grounding on like, where did they come from? Can everybody access this part of consciousness? Like, I didn't think of them like the five spiritual senses. I was still like, what part of my family lineage did this come from? Okay, so like, let's do a genealogy report. Let's go talk to my mom about my great grandma. Like, let's figure out like where this is coming from. Because I was still like, it, it was a barrier that obviously hadn't been broken yet. So she was just like, 
anyone can do it. It's energy. It's a tool. Like mm -hmm. just like your body's a vessel, it's a tool. You have mm -hmm. to audit when you're supposed to use them, when you're not supposed to use them. If you're in a low vibration, she's like, don't touch them. Um, she's like, I know that there's a lot of propaganda out there against them. She's like, but she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So for even the first couple of years when I was going through my like transformational stage, um, I watched readers, my friends were readers, um, and I didn't get my first deck till probably like two years in. And it's not like I told anybody either. Cause like, I'm, I'm very like Nancy drew about it. Like I'm going to take mm -hmm. it into my safe space. I'm going to analyze the information. I'm going to take my notes. I'm going to give myself proper integration time and I'm going to let my intuition keep and kick in like whatever it wants. And then whatever I'm supposed to use, I'm supposed to use some things I have to work a little harder at. Um, but I, I've always loved tarot. I love all the different ways that you can read all the different decks, Oracle, all of them. And then I finally, um, started just doing readings on my friends randomly when they were at my house, just to see if we were seeing the same thing or I was picking up on the right energy or was I just making the shit up in my head. Right. Yeah. Um, and they were spot on. And it wasn't just about the meanings of the cards. It was reading the images and the energy and even like chakra colors. Like, yeah, I know we just laid out like a couple swords and a couple cups, but they're all yellow. Like, let's talk about your chakra system right now and your energy. Like now we're going to go into this. And now I understand like Claire audience is probably like my, my best one and it's the one that's always been there like that voice that's always talking to you and then my second one is just like the knowing and like the pictures that go along with it and they work in like tandem for sure but that voice that's always in my head um I'll have people ask me if I'm out with my other friends because I'm sure like you and people are like what do you do for a living you're like um I mean, I'm really confident in what I'm doing, but explaining it to like normal people that think it's a little out there, you're kind of like, what is the most grounded approach that I can tell you what I do with my life? Oh, no, I love it. I'm always like, I'm a spiritualist. I talk with spirits. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely like, love hi. that. Nice to meet you. People are like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm it totally out there. Yeah, I have so many things that I could introduce that I joked about making a business card one day because like <laughs> I... I'm a clothing artist. I'm a tarot reader. I'm an energy worker. I'm a podcast host. I am a content creator. Like, I like reading books. I like re I like doing yoga. I like this. I like this. Like all the things that just bring me so much happiness. And then again, like you meet somebody who's like in that car and they're driving to that job that they hate. So they're they're like perturbed by your happiness. <laughs> like I've ran into that before, and I'm like. Like the PR person in my right ear is like telling me why they're pushing me away, you know, like energetically. I'm like, but I love when that happens though, especially because something that I work with my clients a lot is shadows, shadow mm -hmm. work. Shadow work is the base of everything I start with a client. If someone wants to work with me, one of the first things I told them is we're starting with shadow work. You like it? Great. If you don't like it, I'm not the person to work with because, and, and there's a, let's say there's a difference on the type of ways I work with people. There's people that come with me for one, two, three, four sessions. That's a type of work. 
sure, has specific requirements. Some people just want to understand their astrological birth chart. Some people want to just understand their human design, their gene keys. Some people want to understand their astrological birth chart, not from an astrology point only, but also from their spiritual energies, because our astrological birth chart tells us that. It's amazing. So that's more like someone coming one session, two, three, four, five sessions. But then there's people that I work on journeys. Those are healing journeys. Those are becoming journeys. And I work with them for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, two months, three months, six months, a year. And with them, the very first thing that I tell them is we're starting with shadow work. We're going to understand those things that hurt, that make you angry, that make you sad, that make you feel uncomfortable, the things that make you feel disempowered, the things that make you think you have power, but you don't. So you chase after them harder and harder and harder. We need to first understand that. So when I meet people and my existence bothers them, because that's that's been a, a common denominator throughout my life. I often joke that, oh, it's just being a Scorpio rising. I'm a Scorpio rising. I'm an Aries sun and I'm a Virgo moon. And I always said that it was my Scorpio rising and Aries sun energy that just clash with people because throughout my life, it was always this extreme of people being absolutely in amour with me or people hating me, just, just strongly disliking me. And me just being fine with it, me almost taking pride in it, not from the healthiest way in many years, to be completely honest, because I myself had a lot of anger that I had to unpack and out of sadness, but from a point of your anger, your dislike for me has nothing to do with me. So how about you tell me what that tells you about you? Now, as a spiritualist, when people meet me and I can see that they're just something that disturbs them about me. I love it because I'm like, so what am I inspiring in you? What? Yeah, why is, what's bubbling up in there, bud? Yes, yes. like this is a great opportunity. You don't have to tell me, but think about it. Mm-hmm. See where that takes you. And it oftentimes makes for surprisingly very good conversations and shifts in people. And that's my thing. I'm like, you don't need to like me, but if I shifted something in you, job's done it's fine Mm -hmm. it's fine I did my part yeah I don't I don't believe in like dick punching people into awakening and like I know that there's like catalyst forms there's like planting seeds but I never want to be one of those people and I know that I have in my past in the beginning like I acted like the smoker that quit smoking cigarettes and went back to all their friends that smoke cigarettes I'm like you gotta quit I can breathe better my health's better da 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 And I mean, I think everybody does that when they find something that it's just like, dude, check this out. But when you start working with, like you said, with spirits, with all of these things that really we've been taught are just hocus pocus and it's factual, it's there, it's real, it's here to help you. Um, It's really like there's for me, like I would never want my Claire audience to turn off ever. Like, I'm okay that it's on. I've always had it anyways, so I'm completely used to it. But um, ah, what was I going to say? Oh, um, when you, like, get into those situations, because I completely understand when you were, like, the, like, I almost pride myself on, like, I'm, like, I just audited myself really fast to make sure that I didn't do anything because, like, you know, I've been known to do stuff, like, automatically or just, eh. 
But like you, when you're like, oh, well, like I'm a Scorpio, so that makes absolute sense, which I would have never guessed that a million years, by the way. Um, but really? I, what would you have thought? Probably a Virgo, honestly. Like Virgo, Aries, I get that because like, and maybe like I'm, I'm meeting the side of you that obviously is authentically you and you're like, hey, come over here and talk to me about consciousness and, <laughs> you know, being your true self. Um, so I pick up on that really hard, but I'm an Aquarius and my rising is a Leo. So when I went and got a birth chart reading, she, she literally, it was like a dick punch birth chart reading. Like this woman was reading stuff off my chart that nobody knew. And I was like bawling in her office. And this was two weeks before I had my spiritual awakening and like two weeks before I was also getting married. So like I'm supposed to be getting married and I literally had a Kundalini awakening right before my wedding. Yeah. So like everything was like super ethereal in my life. Like I went through a bunch of like heavy stuff, lost a lot of people that I care deeply about, had some very intense conversations with very close family members that needed to come out. But I was just like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. Like this is so crazy. But when I was at the birth chart reading, she was like, oh, do you see this like Leo, like literally like peeking up like a lion right over the, the line. And I was like, yeah, what's that mean? And she was like, it means you have very powerful energy. Like when you walk into a room, people know you're there. If you are walking to work in a good mood, everybody knows you're in a good mood. If you walk into work in a bad mood, everybody like Recording knows. stopped. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that Leo energy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so. I absolutely. Okay, I'm just going to start off with my birth chart reading again because she said something else that I know you'll just find like right. Um, okay, so where was I? Yeah, so she was like, you walk into a room like people know you're there or not, right? And I was like, yeah, like that's actually right. And she's like, I bet girls hate you for no reason, like just because you're yourself. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's not my fault. And she was like, no, it's not your fault. She's like, literally, you can walk into a room and like women will be like, oh, who does she think she is walking in like that? And I'm like, this is the way I walk. Like, this is the way I talk. This is the way I act. This is my personality. This is what I like to talk about. And she's like, your, your authenticity perturbs people. She's like, so you can walk into situations. You can be the nicest, most respectful, Recording most stopped. responsible person in the world. Zoom is like, I'm sorry, I'm done with you, so... And you know, it's okay if Zoom every- doesn't want to go because we still have Adobe running in the background. But I'm like, okay, buddy, got ya, <laughs> got ya. I'm listening. Um, so like she told me that, and I was just like, my whole life I thought that I was insufficient with having female friends because I've been in so many situations where um, I thought that we were friends, and it turns out. Like, we both just kind of talk about each other to justify, like, whatever the other person's doing. Or I would be, like, 100% loyal to somebody, and they would be like, you know, they talk shit about you all the time. And I'm like, well, what do they talk about? And they're like, oh, that you're, like, a know-it-all, and you're this, and you're this. And I'm just like, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm just having conversations. This makes, like, no sense to me. Whole freaking life. Like, literally just carried this bag of guilt into this woman's office. And she told me about the Leo. She told me about the women like family things, so karma, 
on and on and on. And I was like, you're getting this from that little circle with all the <laughs> yeah. astrology signs in there. And I had like followed like horoscopes, looking at like the characteristics of Aquarius. Cause I wanted to understand like why my personality was so powerful. But honestly, like I annoyed a lot of people in my life and I was always overly dramatic or too much. And I was just like, I don't understand like why I am the way that I am. And like, sometimes I fit in with people, but for the most part, um, like you can only take a certain percentage of me and then it's like, okay, shy, like stop. Like my family literally has a silence word for me. I'm not going to say it, but like when they've had enough, they're just like, they say the word and I literally have to quit talking. Oh, wow. And my husband had the same one growing up when we met. I was like, yeah, I talk all the time. Can't stop. It's my gift, but apparently not to most people. And he's like, yeah, my mom gave me a word, like a phrase. And when she says it, like I have to stop immediately what I'm doing. Like she can't take it anymore and it's done. And like when we met each other, like we realized that both of our families, I'm sure out of like a joking mechanism at first, but it was like, we don't know how to nicely tell you that we're done with your energy and with your talking. Like it's just too much for me. So I got over taking that offensively at first because I think when you go through shadow work, like you do kind of have like a villain era where you're like, I was stepped on, I was this, I didn't have boundaries, da 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 like fuck with me, I dare you. And then you kind of like level out and you're like, okay, like we're all, we're all in our own little thing. So like, I don't think that I'm too much. I think I'm, I am supposed to be this way for a reason. And I've really come into accepting my gift of gab and my loudness and my Leo and, you know, my Aquarius of wanting to be a part of making the world a better place and speaking and doing good. And I remember those always being thoughts, but again, like my dark ego self, my human side that wanted to evolve successfully in the physical world. Cause like you, <laughs> I do believe like your ego is good. It is there for you. Um, but there's parts of it that are really like, superficial and materialistic and when it's wounded yes it's, it's exactly um so like I knew that because I went through all of that um buying brand new cars expensive boots expensive trips like anything I can do to just like fill my soul with shit because I really didn't want to look at the dark side of things um I know most people when they start meditating they you know do it to like mantras and so many different things I was meditating to a, um, I guess you call it a metal band. I don't know how to categorize music anymore. There's so many subgenres, but they're called I Prevail and they sing and they scream aggressively, like Ooh. back and forth. And they literally had an album that had released in a year prior and they were touring across the United States and it was called Trauma. And so oh, nice. the backstory of the band was they had been touring forever, they had found success. Um, but they were all at their mental health, like wits end, especially the, um, one of the main singers. So he went to doctors, they put him on medication. The medication wasn't doing right. He was around everybody all the time in his life, but he just was like dying inside. So he wrote an album about how he was like, I'm breaking, I'm breaking, I'm breaking. And then their whole tour van caught on fire and they lost everything. Like, oh everything and they got together and like are we going to continue to be a band and go pursue music the way that we love or are we just going to walk away and give up none of them could walk away they made trauma it went through the freaking roof right everybody loved it and um i got a hold of it literally the week that i went home 
I had this crazy phone call experience with one of my oldest friends and music started talking to me. Like it had talked to me when I was a kid and I could hear like the messages in it, like specific titles and parts of the music were like telling me things, like confirming energy transfer. And um, after I'd gotten off the phone with them, I went to my friend's house like the next day and that whole genre of music I'd never really listened to anymore. I just kind of like put it with my past self for a while because I had put like barriers even in music. I was kind of like a music snob where I was like, no, I don't listen to that. Mm, I listen to this. Like, but I was like, music is music to me. Like, I love all of it. It's very healing. I love the frequencies in it. So I went and hung out with my friend and I have very musical friends that are just like, dude, I heard this song. It made me think of you. And as I walked in, um, a song, it was right after one of my favorite musicians actually died. A group of musicians got together and like wrote a song about him passing away and it was called Lift Off. Mm -hmm. And it was Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park, MGK, Chino from Deftones, and one other guy that I hate that I can't think of. And it was called Lift Off. And I was walking in my friend's um, garage and like the music like I could feel it like vibrating through my body and I hadn't felt that since probably like my early 20s and I again didn't know that it was reality back then so I was like yeah. oh my gosh like I'm experiencing music like I used to that's crazy and I looked over and I was like who is this I was like this sounds like Mike Shinoda and he's like it is he's like it's one of his first comebacks since Chester died and I was like oh my God, I think I'm going to cry. So I like, I just sat down and I closed my eyes and I listened to the lyrics and like what they were saying. And then like when a lyric or a song was for me, it would go, I could hear it higher. Like they would, they would intensify. They would turn the volume up for me and then they would bring it back down. So then the next song was from I Prevail and it's called um, like Breaking Down. And he's like, I think I think too much. I'm a little bit paranoid. I think I'm breaking down. And I'm like, I think I'm breaking down. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I literally feel every single song on this album. And I have not listened to this type of music literally for years. So I came home, like got married and all that stuff, came home. And they were touring. And I woke up one day and I really wanted to see them in concert. And then I get on social media and they're playing two blocks from my house that same day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, what are we going to do today? I was like, I'm going to take myself to a concert. Like, let's yes. just go do this shit. <laughs> I really wanted the VIP package where I was just like going to go do the meet and greet and stuff. But it was already sold out, obviously, by the time I got there. So I went there. Yeah. Um Went to the show, it was absolutely amazing. Like my heart blew open the way that music always made me. Um, I could hear the lyrics, the scream, the emotion, the power, like I really released a lot. And when I went to the merch booth, they had vinyl records. And I was like, I'm the only person that's gonna buy a vinyl record and then try to hold on to it during a metal show. Cause like mosh pits are opening up everywhere around me. I'm the only person in blue tie dye. I look like a cloud in the middle of like, you know, black t-shirts and uh, so I was like mm, excuse me yep just <laughs> hi <laughs> I'm like the nicest person in the crowd I had to make I had to like make friends with the security because I did end up getting VIP to get closer yeah. to the stage so I'd be like hi and they're like yeah it's easy to point you out like you don't have to keep showing us your wristband we got you <laughs> um so I came home I was like 
the high vibe, right, that you're, like, awakening, especially with the kundalini awakening, all your chakras blow open, um, seeing dead people, hearing voices, seeing my guides, all these things, again, I told were not true, where I was 100% physically yeah. experiencing them in my reality and having no idea who to tell that to because the people in my life weren't on that wavelength. Um, so I came home, and I was like, I'm going to go back to what I used to do like before the world got to me, before I cared what anybody think, and it was always music, sitting in front of stereos, going through lyrics, and just like letting it literally flow through my body. So I put the record on, my record player right over here, and I turned it up as loud as I possibly could, and I wish that I had like bigger speakers, but I'm like, we'll just deal with what we have. And um, the whole album just started playing through, very aggressive, very in your face, fuck you, I'm not who you think I am, I'm not who you need me to be type shit, like, fuck you, right? And I just, I bawled while I was doing, like, kundalini breathwork and yoga because I could finally, like, feel all of the traumas in my body moving through me and, like, a block in my shoulder needed moved and my spine, like, my root chakra just felt like it wanted to just burst into fucking flames and, like, everything started coming out. And it wasn't, like, a demonic, like, ah! I was so fucking pissed. I was so angry. I was so scared. So, yeah, I didn't really know what to do with, like, all this shit that I had found, right? I was just like, I'm so angry. I'm just going to sit here. I'm being told to sit here. Thank God I had a really good connection, like, with my source, with my guides. Um, the music coming back in my body was the most euphoric feeling I had felt in years. And yeah. I think you would probably know that, too, from, like, a lot of your shamanic experiences, with, um, I mean, well, not that I had plant medicine in me by any means, but the way that you're just able to like disconnect and like go into that huge flow state where, I mean, I, I have people tell me like they've seen their chakra systems talk to each other and like the frequencies coming in, like they can like synesthesia, I think is what it's called when you can actually see like sound waves and stuff and like hear it in music and see colors. Um, but I know that like people have experienced that through plant medicine and I was literally feeling the vibrations through my body and I could just feel it breaking traumas and releasing things. And I, I did have to start journaling a lot because I started remembering a lot of things that I didn't know were there. So in your line of work, I know you've come across it plenty of times, but you have people with like suppressed memories that don't really believe like oh well if I don't remember it it didn't happen and then you probably have to train them on okay well it's a it's trauma it's stored in your body and in your energy field like is this a belief for you like how do you open people up that are obviously like they know they want to open up but they obviously have their barriers that's where I'm I am a spiritualist and not a psychologist because that's where my energy and my aura comes in and just blows those walls up. To this day, every single session, I have a specific session that is one of the very first sessions I do with people, which is, sorry, <clears throat> which is a meditation through the chakra system. It's a guided meditation, a hypnosis into their own selves. And I just descend through each chakra. And I take them and we go through each of them exploring what's stuck in it. 
what fears, what traumas, what conditioning has been stuck in each of these spaces. And there is the best way I can explain it is there's just something about my energy that when my energy is fully on and my guides are here and then your guides come into the table and I welcome everyone and I welcome you and then I fully go into, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to go into your subconscious. We're going to open your energy self. We, we're going to talk to your spirit today, to who you are. It just happens, Shai. It's, it's the only way to this day I have done this at this point, I don't know how many hundreds of times. And every single time after the sessions, I go, wow, that happened. Because as confident as I am on myself, because I really am confident on me, mm-hmm. on the fact that this is what I'm here to do. I'm still shocked every single time. (laughs) I'm still shocked every single time. I go in with the, I'm here to do my best. I ask my guides. I ask everyone that when I can feel the other person's guides, I ask for their permission. I welcome them. And I feel like I'm just this excited, just soul that I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm here to help. But I'm still really, really shocked when they're like, great, let's do this. And just all of these things start coming out, especially the clients that come to me and I can see the walls. I can see that they're unsure. I can see that they don't even really know what they're going to find or they don't really fully believe in the work that we're about to do. But there are a point where they just want to try anything Mm -hmm. because so far everything that they have been doing hasn't really worked and it's been temporary band-aids so in many ways i'm that last resort for a lot of the people that come to me and they're like well you know i've tried this i've tried that i've tried this i guess i'm good but you know i've never tried this so i connected my voice a lot of people tell me there's something about your voice i saw your content i heard about you and then i looked into you and your voice I just felt comfortable. And then I spoke to you and you told me about what you do and I want to do this. And that's when they find themselves in this space. It's a session that usually goes between two hours to four hours. And I have them in this open consciousness state where I'm, I'm digging and we're both digging. And at the same time that I'm asking you questions and guiding you because it's a, it's a hypnosis, which is a guided visualization. And as I'm doing that, we're both participating in this, but I'm the one holding up that space, while at the same time, I'm constantly in touch and in contact and listening to what my guides are saying, to what your guides are saying, and to what you're saying, and putting all the map together for you to be able to see it. Like the amount of times that my clients come out of that session and they're like, I had no idea. I had no idea that that happened. I had no idea that I felt that way. I had no idea that I thought that. And it's so interesting because they think, oh, you know, they're going to come into the space and they're going to answer. But they are listening to their consciousness answer the questions, which is, it's a beautiful journey. Because that's one of the most powerful ways in which you discover. Because that's all we're doing. All we're discovering is the pressure points, the hurt points, what hurts, what caused it. And 
oftentimes it's just it's a lot sometimes i have people that in those two or four hours i go through the whole system the whole seven chakra system and that's just this is very important because it's something i tell people we have more than one chakra system and this chakra system that we know is a very westernized version but just because it's a westernized version of it doesn't mean that's ineffective it's very effective and it truly speaks of a lot of correlation and understanding of what's our natural energies. And that's the reason why I like working with it. And it's always very interesting how with some people, I'm able to do the whole system. With some people, it could be two or four hours, and I'm only able to go past the first two or three chakras. Because there's so much that comes out. And I also realized then, okay, I need to pause you here. Because we first need to deal with this. The the rest will come. It's fine. Yeah. I will agree about, one, finding your content. Because my producer sent it to me and was like, you have to check this girl out and you must get her on your show. She's talking about stuff that... It's totally our language, but, like, have you had it presented to you like this before? And we came across, like, the god and goddesses um, oh, content yeah, the first. Work. Yeah, it's- and immediately, like, anybody he sends me, I'm just like, oh, yes. Like, he's so good at, at finding people um, and just being like, dude, seriously, check this out. And yeah. then, like, I hit your video, and immediately you're just like, so <laughs> today, and I was like, oh. Like, first thing, I mean, yes, absolutely beautiful, but the voice is extremely captivating. Uh, Whatever Mm. you're talking about in your videos, um, I don't, like, there's some people where you talk to and you're like, I hope I can get through this video. Like, it's almost like your mind notices it's three minutes and you're like, but like, every time I watch your videos, it's captivating. I hang on every word you say because it's so full of knowledge. And I mean... I know there's some things that I hate to put labels on stuff, but just to put it in context, like it is somewhat of advanced knowledge where if someone who isn't on a certain part of their awakening journey, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, and they'll just kind of go on by. But for people that truly are tapped in to the healing and the realms and the spirit guides and the true connection with all the energies that we can access out there, you're like, this woman is golden. Like, I have to know your story because they're... There are people that, you know, are out there doing the real deal. And then there are people out there that just looks like an awful, cheesy marketing campaign for spirituality. Yeah. And you're, you're like the furthest thing from it. But um, for anybody that hasn't checked out your TikTok, I mean, please go check it out immediately because you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, you have an authenticity that is able to radiate through all of your platforms. And I mean, it's just and it's natural. That. It's that because this is this is something I, even I notice, and I, I find fascinated about my own self. When I'm in full spiritualist mode, my voice changes mm-hmm. even more, and that's most of the things that you can feel on my TikTok, because it's information that is not new. I'm not discovering or reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. I might have my own flavor and understanding of it, and I also do my best to make a lot of these concepts that can be very complicated or that may be spoken of in in very 
highly colorful terms that might not be understanding or, or no that, that might not be easy to understand for a lot of people for me it's important that people understand it so i try to simplify it make it as relatable as possible as understandable as possible because that's important mm-hmm. i firmly believe that if you don't understand and it's the reason why i find shadow work so important because shadow work is the root of understanding yourself and if you don't understand yourself you can't wield everything that you are. And that's how I apply everything in my spiritual practice. If I don't fully understand it, how am I going to have the capacity to have someone understand it? So I need to first fully understand it and then make sure that I share it with someone in a way that they fully understand it. And I firmly believe that my content, especially on TikTok, because I love that platform. I, I have no idea why, but when... I decided to go more public with my spiritual business and practice. Spurred was just go to TikTok. And I'm like, it's it's a dance dance app. The the mm-hmm. kids are there. What what am I gonna do in a dance dance app? And Spirit was very much just do it. Trust our guidance. Just start posting on TikTok, just share. And I do believe that it's it's the injection of my energy. It's the a lot of the content that I create that has gone viral, that has converted so many clients, I just did them fully being me. There was no plan behind it. There was no, it has to go this way. There was no much paraphernalia in it. It's just me giving the knowledge because that's the other thing. I don't believe people come to me because of my knowledge. People come to me because of me. People pay to work with my energy, to be within this energy that creates the guidance through who I am. Because the knowledge, again, it's there. And you can find many spiritualists that are going to teach you a lot of the things that I'm going to teach you, if not everything. But not a single one of them is going to have my energy and create the spaces that I create. Just like I cannot create the spaces that they create. And that's the one thing that I am very, very committed to the full expression of my consciousness because that is the one that knows how to be of service and that's the one that just activates people i since my full awakening i have realized it's very unnerving for people sometimes to be around me because it's like especially in person when people are around me they just they just open and they're like what is going on i'm like sir <laughs> i don't know it's just my energy what can i tell you <laughs> so I think it's energy. It's, it's nice that you can, like for me, I want people to feel safe enough to be their authentic selves with me. And I know just like you from a very young age, like you've been that person that people have rested their head on and told you it's really going on or called and just been like, you're the only one that's going to understand what's going on with me right now. So like, do you have a minute? And you're like, absolutely. You know, cause you feel them needing to release that and I mean you really are that safe space and not only being that safe space but then obviously keeping that information to yourself of what they just told you adds to the safety and the barrier and the boundaries um and it's funny that you people being authentic that's the best part you're like they're like what's going on I usually have a a a very good mask on but around you I'm just so joyous and giggly and happy what's going on with me i'm usually a jaded dick (laughs) 
or ooh, something that happens often to me and it's I can just ask very simple questions and then they just start speaking fully and the mask falls off in the sense of the giggly happy goes off and all of a sudden they're just telling me about all of these things and I can see sometimes it's it's very funny for me. It's funny in, in a very respectful way that sometimes my friends or strangers, they approach me, we're having a conversation and I just ask things like, how are you really? And all of a sudden, they just start speaking. And I can see in their eyes that they're surprised by what they're saying. And they're like, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. But I can continue talking. And I'm just like, yeah, just just, just, just give it to me. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, yeah, that's And it's also accurate. funny. It's also funny because I've always been that space for people of, okay, I, I can come to you with what's going on. And I know you listen and I can be myself. But even more than that, it's always been, I need guidance. Because that was the other thing. When I came to the realization, I want to be able to guide people into their consciousness. I also realized I've been doing this my whole life. I've been, my whole life, I've been guiding people to dare to be themselves. To my friends, I, I always attract the very passive friends. Very, very shy very quiet friend while I was just a ball of fire ready to burn the world down if there was any type of unfairness. I have I have a problem. It's personal between unfairness and I. I, I. I cannot, to this day, no matter how grounded I am, no matter how spiritual I am, no matter how much peace and love I am, I'm also death and destruction. And I will burn things down when there's unfairness. It's, it's very Aries energy scorpio energy um ruled by mars double ruled by mars i am with a pluto conjunct my ascendant so that gives me this very very deep energy that is not afraid of standing up and saying no or standing up and saying yes and i was always very very encouraging of everyone around me to say what do you need to be able to say no what do you need to be able to say yes what do you need to be able to feel safe enough to take up space? Because if you're not going to take it right now, I'm going to take it for you, but I'm going to give you the space that I just fought the world for you to have. But I'm going to fight the world, and I hope you do too. So I realized then, oh, I've been doing this my whole life, and now it just has this spiritual sprinkle that has a deeper understanding of consciousness. Because before it was, why not? Like, why are they more deserving of you having space? Or what would that's wrong? It's just, it's not correct. If that's not fair and correct, why are we allowing it? But now it's, it's consciousness. It's, for example, it's very interesting. I recently ended a very, 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 very important friendship for me. She's a spiritualist, but we have very, I realize we have very diverting or just extreme views of the world. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this concept, NPCs. I don't think so. Can you so pull it apart? There's, there's a, I, I firmly believe it's part of new age spirituality because in no traditional ancient practices, indigenous, African, uh, Asian that I've studied so far, have I ever seen the concept of NPCs? 
But NPCs, it's non. It's it's pretty much like non-playable uh, characters. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's, interesting. And it's the concept that not everyone has a soul, and some people are just NPCs. You know, they're just they're just going through the motions. They they're not they're not full consciousness here. They're just kind of part of these game of bigger consciousness that some of us that have souls are so I have like huge... bots, right you right? know they're you know there's like bots on twitter and on websites and stuff yeah. they're just like bots they're, just they're not real but bots. they act like humans yeah they're not they're not really there i i can't with that concept i i don't accept it and it became more and more obvious that believing of that in that concept entails many other things that I simply don't agree with. And as much as I respect her, as much as I think she's an amazing human being, there are certain things that are for me a no. Mm-hmm. And the moment that those things don't align with my values, I always say I don't want to surround myself with people that think the same way as me. That's an echo chamber I'm not interested in. Shock me if you want to, with how different you are to me. But the values, we need to have the same values. And I value humanity as a whole, even its most disgusting parts, because they're all part of the polarity of creation, that positive and that negative. Like the, the universe, everything lives within that polarity of positive and negative. We are the polarity of positive and negative, our light side, our shadow side. And the concept of some people have souls and some others, I, it, just, it breaks my brain. I, it, I don't... I don't believe it. It's all part of the creator. It's all part of divine source, however you want to call it, the creator's divine mother, divine father. It's all that big source of consciousness that then manifests in so many other ways. So I don't know where we started with this, to be honest. I lost track of where I just have to have you keep talking because you just... Sorry. (laughs) You're speaking my language over here. Like all of the... I mean, basically like pointers of unification, auditing people in your life, no matter how close you are, no matter how how close the, I mean, I don't want to be like curriculum, but all of the things that you're teaching and doing. And I mean, yeah, I've had to separate from someone that was in my life for a number of years and it wasn't an easy separation. It came out of absolute left field and it was very passive aggressive from my perspective, like completely unnecessary the way that it had to go, which sucks because it really like dampens a lot of the good times that we had together because of the volatile way that she chose to exit my life. Um, I like, I had those inner child moments where I was like, what did I ever do to you to deserve treatment or words to be spoken to me like that? Um, I will never understand it for the life of me, but I also will not hold on to any of this. Um, I know my path, I know where I'm going and I'm going to continue on my path and who's ever supposed to be on my path is supposed to be there. You know, I think there's people that kind of like fall off in your life, you know, speaking from frequencies, we're all on our own plane and then like they'll re-enter your life in a more evolved state where you guys are more compatible to like do work together and then there's people that fall out of my life and I will never, no matter how evolved you are, even with forgiving you will allow you to ever come around my energy again, because that's how much I love my fucking self. And again, I can forgive you and I love you, 
you're not sitting at my table, but like Tupac said, I still want you to eat. You know, you just ain't eating with it's me. It's far away from me. Yeah. You're go away. Bye bye. Thank you so much for your time. Send you off with love. Return to sender no karma for me. Light a pink candle and move on with myself. And I've had to do that several times and every time was painful. But like I mm. said, there's people that I know will gravitate back in my life and I will welcome them with open arms and I'll just be like, remember five years ago when, you know, it was like this and I was like this. And then there's other people that, again, like I'm sure will try. And I'm like, I love you so much, but there's no place for you here. Like you only yeah. had a place for that version of me. This version of me does not support this software. Thank you. And that's something that I think is very important that people realizing their truly becoming journey, like being embodying all their consciousness and who they are, that a lot of people are going to either walk away from your life or you're going to have to make the decision of walking away from their life, mm -hmm. closing the door to your life to them. Um, and that's why it's so important. I, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record that we do the shadow work because through the shadow work, you realize how dependent you are on people too, especially those that hurt you, how dependent you are on being around others and as such allowing others to hurt you. That's why it's so important that we start with a shadow work because understanding our shadows and integrating our shadows doesn't mean that we are never going to feel our shadows, that we're never going to be triggered. I frankly believe we're going to be triggered our whole life. The question is how and how we're going to live those experiences. I can be triggered. So with this situation of my uh, friend that I parted ways with, I was very triggered by it. And I was very, very hurt. I, a deep wound of rejection that I assume was fully closed, healed. Yeah. I should have known better, but hey, <laughs> I was just thinking it's not a thing that would ever present itself again. And it did because this was someone that I consider a soul sister. And I realized that I was being rejected, being everything that I am, because this is someone that has that has seen me go through so many transformations. It's one of the few people that I've been friends for over 20 years. So she's been my friend since I was little. And even us living at different continents, we still maintain a friendship. And then realize that who I have become fully is not someone she can deal with. The rejection was horrible. Oops, sorry, my cat is falling. <laughs> um, the rejection was horrible. It was very painful. But then my trigger in, a, in another time, I would have tried to fix things and force something I shouldn't be forcing. I would have tried to make myself small uh, five years ago. I would have tried to make myself small. How do I fit here? How do I solve it? How do I not have you reject me? Mm -hmm. And this time precisely because I have done the work, I understand that the wound, I understand that it's not real. I understand my value. I understand the importance of me being everything that I am and allowing someone to be who they need to be at this moment and respecting that, not taking it personal. So I just allowed, I allowed it to happen. I recognize I'm feeling rejected and this hurts, but it hurts because it's 
bringing me back to previous experiences. I'm not there anymore. So I know how to regulate myself. I know that this is not the case. And I know most importantly that I think one of the most important things is understanding emotional transmutation. And that's allowing your emotions fully and completely. It sounds so basic, but it really is that basic. You need to fully allow your emotions to be able to fully transmute them into freedom, into release. Otherwise, you suppress. Otherwise, you kind of feel a little bit here, and then you suppress the rest, and then it's going to leak into something else, Mm -hmm. and then it might just deepen more and more into you until, poof, it explodes completely. But when we allow ourselves to fully, fully heal, that's the moment. That is the moment where we where we heal more and more of that wound, where we understand what that pain is. So next time it shows itself, it's not going to make us act. We're going to be able to observe and be like, oh, you're coming from this. Come here. I love you. That when that shadow comes, and in my case, it was a shadow of rejection. When that shadow came, I was like, oh, oh, it's you. It's you again. Hello. Well, welcome. I love you. We're good. We are good. We need to allow this process. We need to allow the person to be who they are. We need to respect that, but have our clear boundaries. And we have our clear boundaries because we're not afraid of being on our own. Because that was the thing. I I have so many acquaintances, but I have a very, very, very small group of my people. A very, very small group. And she was part of this group. So there was a voice in me that kept saying, we're cutting someone else again? Mm-hmm. Like, like, we're cutting, we're going to be alone. And that's when I came through saying yes, and that's okay. And that's why it's so important that we are okay being with ourselves. I really, I really feel that one of the most powerful things that you can do is be with yourself and be comfortable. If you're not comfortable being with yourself, you need to change that. Because the amount of things you're going to allow in your life and sacrificing your life in the name of not being alone is terrifying. And if you're someone right now, and this is for everyone that is listening, if you're someone right now that has a hard time being with themselves, that fears being alone, I want you to take a hard look at your life and observe all the things you have allowed. Because you're going to realize that it's a lot and you don't like them. And you don't want to live the rest of your life that way. I also think there's a lot of value in bringing up like self-love and not only the beginning of shadow work, but loving those shadow sides and approaching them in whatever manner that you choose to approach them. And don't be like, how dare you? Like forgiving yourself for knowing and not knowing at the time was something that was really big for me. Forgiving myself for being the hero or the villain in the situation Um, understanding why I was the villain, why I acted that way, going back to those root causes and really just allowing those things to release from me. But one of the most powerful things that I still practice to this day, besides a gratitude practice that, you know, is constant conscious awareness of your thought process was, do I love myself? Why don't I love myself? Um, What parts do, what parts of myself do I deem unlovable? 
and why is that? And continue to ask why, why, why? Because you're right, when that shadow side, that rejection side, which I can definitely say I felt um, in the partnership that ended for me too, I was like, I have never felt a broken heart like since a boy actually like stomped on my heart. Um, I haven't had like a friend, like a girlfriend break my heart like this, this deep. And again, so volatile that I was like, where the fuck did this even come from? Like, you know, this doesn't make any sense to me. So when I really had to like sit down in my solitude with it and just be like, I saw the bigger picture, right? Like I knew I was going to be okay. Like nothing super, you know, crazy. It's not like she changed the whole trajectory of my life. I think she was getting out of my way the way that the universe needed her to get out of my way. Um, So really like those shadow sides would come up. Um, my biggest like red button in the back of my head is suicide ideation, which for people it's usually depression for me. Like I'll wake up and I'm like, why do I want to die today? That's so weird. Cause like, I don't want to die, but a part hmm. of me wants to die. And I would like to go to that part and see if it needs a hug or it actually does need to die. Right. Hmm. So something else can come in. So I was sitting there and I just, again, remember crying vulnerability. I still really struggle with, especially in like public healing sessions and stuff like that. But at home, I'm like, (laughs) Um, and I would like journal about it. And I would, I would try to find the lesson even in like the deepest parts of it. And I would be like, what's coming out right now? And like, why am I ashamed of being rejected? Why am I ashamed of like feeling like I just got like abandoned in one of like the weirdest like mental moments that I've had in a couple months. Like I was doing really good. And then this just kind of like punched me in my gut and left me with no air because it was completely out of left field, you know? Um, And again, like I still had my road, my trajectory and all of that, but it was a really, really good um, audit. It was like a tower card coming up in the middle of your tarot reading. And you're like, I'm not going to have a tarot moment or I'm not going to have a tower moment. Everything's been so great. And it's just like, no, like you are, you have some other things to assess. Kind of like when retrograde comes back around and all of these things resurface and you're like, but I already dealt with that. And they're like, well, but did you like, let's go a little deeper. Like, but did you right? So Um, I mean, my heart goes out to you for that, especially because it's like a 20 year relationship and someone who's been in so many different perspectives of of you. I can say that I can't ever say that I'll ever lose this friend um, because it's such a absolute spiritual connection. And I've had him since I was a kid. But we have had to separate in so many different scenarios in our life that every time we meet each other, it's a new version of ourselves. And like we remember what we were the last time we talked, but then like now it's like, hi, nice to meet you again. Um, Like, do you still do this? Do you still talk like this? Do you still believe this? Like, what are you into now? And it is absolutely intoxicating to just reintroduce myself and get to know this new person every time we pop up in each other's lives. Um, I always say it's like kind of taking... It's like if somebody came to you on a Wednesday and you had the work the next day and like, do you want to take shrooms tonight and just like connect and you're like I mean I'm supposed to go to bed early but let's see what we learn from this (laughs) so she's like a grab a notebook conversation for sure because like we'll just sync up on like a bunch of really great ideas music movies I mean we're literally interested in all the same stuff so as soon as like that phone rings even though you're a little hesitant and scared right like before the shrooms kick in you're like am I gonna puke or am I gonna you know vibe high 
but then like you answer the phone and you say hello and it's just like oh my god who are you now like what what have you learned why we've been in separation um so and that's another reason why for me that the concept of seeing everything around us as part of consciousness is so important because me ending this friendship has absolutely no amount of hate in it or anger I, i'm hurt and saddened but i'm okay because we might meet again or we might not mm -hmm. but she in itself she's a human being and i respect that deeply i give her the respect i give myself as a human being and i really consider myself to be a sacred thing a sacred entity a sacred being a sacred soul and if I consider myself to be that, every single person around me does, whether I like them or not. Mm -hmm. If I don't like them, I have strong... So, for example, people that refuse other people's human rights, people that are part of the extremes, lefts or rights, people that murder, attack the human integrity of others. I don't accept that. I don't think that's okay. But there's no hate in me for them. It's just, there's no space for it. And that's, that's very, very important because that's liberating for us. Um, for me, it started with, I'm not going to create a prison of hate for anyone within me. I'm, I'm, I value my freedom way too much. And I think every single one of us need to value our freedom way more than what hate and anger um, gives us. That without denying it, because that's the thing. Um, it's very, very important that we give ourselves the space to feel what we need to feel. So for example, again, with the situation of this friend, I gave myself the time to feel so disappointed in myself, to be angry with myself, to be like, how did you not see this coming? you tolerated way more than you had ever tolerated because she's a close person. You should have ended this years ago and you didn't. And I was angry and furious and so disappointed with myself. But I knew that was just part of the process. I was not going to stay there. And that's something that I do with my clients. We have ground rules. So it's like, okay, well, once we're going to go into your shadows, we're going to feel a lot of things. And especially... We need to feel the things that you have been told are bad. So don't be angry about yourself. Don't treat yourself badly. Don't hold anger towards others. Remember to be compassionate and kind towards others. No, 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 no. We're going to create a space where you, if you feel like the world sucks and fuck the world, and if you have this anger towards this person because they hurt you, but that person is hurt herself and traumatized, we're going to pause on that person is hurt herself and traumatized. And we're just going to focus on the fact that you were traumatized, that you were hurt, and that you need to feel the anger and how abused you have felt and all you have felt to then be able to just... And that's the thing. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but the moment you allow yourself to feel these things, you have so much space to then be like, aha, uh -huh, okay, so yes, I felt that way. I gave space to that. And now I have the necessary clarity to also see the other person as the human being I am. And not to excuse them, but to just see their humanity and not have to create more anger. 
because there's no point. You did something wrong, yes. You hurt me, yes. I dealt with it. That wound has been clean, has been bandaged over. I'm good. But I'm not going to continue being angry because you hurt me. Yeah, you hurt me, that's okay. But you have to go through it. Like you have to go through those moments. And that's what I tell people. When you do shadow work, even when you don't believe things, because this is another thing that I tell my clients when I work with them. The groundwork is you are a divine being. You're a sacred being. You are divinity embodied in human form. That's the groundwork. That's the base. You don't believe it right now. That's okay. But I want you to understand that that's the base and that's, that's something that helps people a lot working with someone else. That in a way I exploit the dependency that sometimes people have on other people's opinion. Because I'm like, okay, so you you go by what other people tell you? Great. I'm telling you right now, you're a divine thing. You're sacred. You don't believe it, but then believe me. Just let's, let's have that groundwork. So that then we can start dismantling all of these things that you believe, that you're unworthy, that you're disgusting, that you're horrible, that you cannot be loved, that you're useless, that you're not capable, that you're not talented, that you don't have skills. All of these things. So that we can fully speak about them and you don't feel guilty of, Oh, but if I fully accept just how deep this void of unworthiness goes, what if I don't have an exit? It's like, no, I'm over here giving you an exit. And even if I'm not here, you set the ground rules to, I don't believe myself to be this, but this is the fact of life. This, this is another reason why one of the things that I do with my clients when I work with them is that I attune them to the cycles of nature. I tell them, you don't, if there's one guy that you need, it's nature. So when you're overwhelmed, when you are, when things get heavy, just pause and observe nature. Nature in many ways will guide you. So for example, the cosmos guides us doing shadow work through the faces of the moon, divine. It's how I started my shadow work journey in 2018. I have always been in love with the moon. Always, always been in love with the moon. And then I'm like, okay, so full moons, new moons. My family has worked with, with agriculture. My dad works with plants for 38 years. And they've always been, you know, in full moons, we, we do certain things. In new moons, we want to plant uh, certain plants, certain crops. We want to cut or irrigate in this phase of the moon. I'm like, okay, so if plants have that, effect of the moon and and we see it in the crops that when we don't follow the faces of the moon uh, uh, the yield of a crop is not going to be as good what comes out is not going to be as lush as thriving there's an influence here so let me work with the moon so in the new moons I'm going to see what do I want to create in my life. And in the full moons, I'm going to go in and look into what I have to release. And then I was already getting into astrology, so I added a whole new layer to it. Okay, so it's we're in Capricorn season. Okay, who's Capricorn? Capricorn is what I call the daddy of the zodiac. Capricorn wants to do, wants to create, wants to build foundations, wants to be safe. How do I feel about creating? How do I feel about building foundations? How do I feel about being a leader in my life? I'm in Capricorn season. Let me ask myself those questions because that's the energy right now. And there's so much energy around us that it's constantly, I always see energy as 
like a bunch of cheerleaders around us or like just a bunch of other beings in your team that are waiting for you to say, come in, come in. And they're just ready to tap in and, and help you. So you have the whatever season we have astrologically, the moons comes with a constellation too. So if it's a new moon in Aries, okay, who's Aries? Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. Aries is that leader of the zodiac. Aries is that trailblazer. The one's going to do it first, burn the path that everyone else is going to follow. How comfortable do I feel with those concepts within myself? Do I believe I have them? Because we all have those energies. We just express them differently. But we all have those energies, the 12 energies of the zodiac. So I think about that. And then the full moons, I love full moons because the amount of time, shy that 2018 to 2020, I found myself on like a fetal position on the ground, just crying my heart out as I was writing and my cars were on the floor because I had been doing a reading for myself based on the shadow work that I was doing. The amount of full moons that I did that, it was, it was, it was transformed. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. So in the full moons, I'd be like, okay, so what's the full moon? Oh, it's a full moon in Libra. Okay. What's Libra? What's this Libra energy? Libra is about balance, harmony, relationships in the seventh house in an astrological birth chart, the house of relationships, romantic business. And I would just go and question myself to deep details in all of these topics. Nature guided me. No one gave me a book and told me, so this is what you do. A lot of people ask me oftentimes, so what book do I read? And that's when sometimes I struggle with giving people books because a lot of what I do, it's pretty much critical thinking of a lot of spiritual experiences and spiritual practices. So shadow work is a practice. Astrology is a practice. Um, observing nature is a practice. Understanding nature is a practice. It's an indigenous practice. We are so attuned with nature. We don't see the new year, for example. For me, the new year is the biggest scam ever. And it's one of the biggest traps of consciousness. Because the new year, the 31st of December of every year, builds up all of this pressure for you to start a new year. It's new energy. Let's start with, we're going to change our life. And there's this societal pressure towards that. Mm-hmm. The new year and an energy level in nature for pretty much most of half, most of half of the world, this Western hemisphere, that new year is the beginning of winter, the dead energy. It's not energy for us to explode on, to create it's energy for us to go in, for us to take a, to take stock of what's going on inside of us. So that when spring comes, when that spring equinox comes, nature starts waking up. Nature starts coming. That's when we come into life. That's when what we have done in winter, that inner work that has removed the obstacles that make us feel that we're not capable, that we can't, that's where... All that we have done, that momentum just explodes in spring. And in summer, we leave even more of everything that we have planted in spring. Atom, we start going down again to fully going into winter. That already, you observing those seasons or observing the astrological seasons, whether it's every month or by the moons, You already have so much shadow work that you can do that would change your life. 
Shadow work was the one that taught me how to know myself, guided by the moon. I love that you literally just brought up the pressure of the New Year's resolution in the middle, like in the dead of winter, um, because I know obviously like New Year, New Me. Um, and I mean, I have, I have people, they don't teach from a spiritual perspective. So like I've had them come on and they're like, hey, here's a, how you stick to your New Year's resolutions. And again, I think that speaks to certain people and that's fine. Um, but I'm like, what I've noticed is, again, I love the moon cycles. My best friend's an astrologist. So she keeps me on my toes on everything, on my rituals, on what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I'm even very vulnerable with her. I'm like, I don't want to do my new moon ritual. And she's like, do it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Okay, like, just kidding. <laughs> like, I have my human moments. Um, but I was like, why are we telling everybody in the middle of hibernation that they should be going out and taking names as far as, like, a new spring into life? I'm like, based on the moon cycles, that doesn't really make sense. And that, that's a new thing that I just came into probably this year when I was reanalyzing um, New Year's resolutions that other people were telling me because I didn't have New Year's resolutions. I'm still finishing things that I'm doing in 2022 because it's different curriculums. It's different classes that have carried over. And I mean, my life's just completely different than, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds and, you know, do this or do this or do this. But I think it's important to discuss because there's so many people that one, give up on it, two, the energy is not supporting it because they're literally supposed to be hibernating, which when Mercury was still direct the last couple of days, I'm like, I have so much work to do and I there is nothing in my body and my spirit and my soul. I don't wanna do collective readings on TikTok. I don't wanna read excerpts on TikTok. I don't wanna edit my content. I don't wanna read a book that I just got on Claire Audience. The only thing I want to do is just fucking rest. Like, am I okay? Am I going down another little like dark night thing where I need to start journaling and doing this? Like, hey guys, like talk to me. And they're like, you're hibernating. Like you follow the seasons, you match the earth. You like quit forgetting this because you're in such a rush to get all of your work done half the time. And like me, like making sure I'm not accidentally procrastinating and thinking that I, like I am like, oh, I'm supposed to rest right now. And they're like, no bitch, run. You know, like I don't want to gaslight <laughs> my own my own process. But yesterday I was like, I'm supposed to be hibernating. Like, okay, I'm just going to surrender to this. Fine. Like I'm going to surrender. I'm going to breathe. Um, I don't know why this is so uncomfortable for me because like I really wanted to read. I really wanted to do the work. But everything in me was like, nah, girl, rest. You're hibernating. And, you know, you have a couple events. You get to come out and, like, really go flourishing. But you have a lot of studying. Like, you have a lot of certifications to finish. You have a lot of solitude that you're looking forward to. A lot of yoga poses. A lot of stretches. Like, there's so many things that I actually have doing that, like, that inner circle of friends that you talked about. It's really good that your inner circle, your right, matches your values. But also you get to share your goals with them and it doesn't take away nor drain your energy and the fact that you just told somebody your goals. That was really important for me because there were people that I would be like, yep, yeah, I'm going to publish a book. Yep, I'm going to get a certification. Yep, I'm going to do energy work. And they were just like, like they have no aspirations on any of those levels. 
So there's some people that support it in a really kind way and they're like, oh, that's really amazing. Like, oh, I wish I had the guts to do that or da 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 da. There's people that are not interested in any of the things that I'm doing at all in my life because they, they don't even dream of doing it. That's not what they're here for. And if you're telling somebody, if you're a dreamer and you know you're gonna go live your dreams and you're telling someone that just came here to fucking hold the ground for the 3D, no wonder you're so drained after you talk to them, right? Because like you're not on the same frequency. I'm relearning piano from like a literal beginner have never touched a piano because I just think that that would be better for me to go and start over with it. And it is one of the most intimidating things I have ever done in my life. Because I can sit down and play random songs, but I have no freaking clue what the notes are. I can't read sheet music anymore. So, like, my ego is even like, let's just go look up tabs. And I'm like, no, let's learn what a treble clef is again. Come on, let's do this. But back to the point, changing, very intimidating. Having the right people around you that support you. So when you have those mercury retrograde moments where you're like, is everything I want to be just like, am I a fucking lunatic? Because if I went to my in-laws now and told them half the shit I'm doing, they're like, "Uh uh-huh, like dead face, good for you. You know, and if you have too many of those people in your life, you're gonna start thinking you're fucking crazy for wanting to be your authentic self and live your life the way that you choose to live it, not based on what they want to. So I had um, a visit with my friend Jenna the other day. And when we get together, it's just like, you're a fucking rock star. I love you. This is what I've been seeing you do. I'm so proud of you for this. Congratulations on this. And she's like, I want you to look at you the way that I look at you. She goes, let me list off all the fucking things you just did in like the last six months. I'm going to list off the things you've done the last four weeks. She goes, because you're not giving yourself enough credit. And I was like, okay, like, go ahead, list them off. And she's like, okay. And she goes down the list and I was like, observing myself as a different person. And I'm like, if I had a friend who came to me and told me, these are all the things I'm doing to better myself in my life and my child's life and like in my spiritual evolution, like I would be like happy envious. I'd be like, oh my God, I don't like, where do you fit in all the time to do it? I don't have the guts to do that. Like all the little insecure thoughts. I'm like, that is so freaking cool. But because I still get so hard on myself, I'm like, I can't even see all the progress I'm making half the time. And my friend just flies into my life like a little fairy godmother. And she's like, don't forget, you're a fucking badass. Okay, great. All right. I'm going to come. We'll hang out in a couple days. Okay, thank you. Bye. And just like leaves. And she, she really reminded me of the value and the type of people that I want in my life. Like you, I have plenty of acquaintances. I'll be happy to talk to all of you. I love coffee. Yes. I love I love dates like that. Like I'm not like, oh yes. no. But there's a certain level of me that you're going to get based on where we are and where you are because I'm yep. not going I'm not going to tell everybody that I talk to dead people. You don't need <laughs> to know yep. that about me. Like I'm yep. okay. But if I meet you, hey girl, Let's talk about what we see because we're on the same frequency about that stuff. Absolutely. I just think there's so much value in the work that you do and the training that you keep up with and the diligence that you have and the space you give yourself. And I know that we've been talking forever, which great because I love all the things that you've said, but all the things that we've talked about and especially people that are able to um, fall in love with your voice like I have, they can actually work with you. Like you 
I mean, if you want to go to Belgium or Germany or like, you know, follow around wherever she is, like fly, set an appointment. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, you're I, welcome I, to. I work with clients all over Europe. Mm-hmm. I go because I see most of my clients online. But I also see some clients in person, Mm -hmm. but then I travel a lot to them. So, for example, over the summer, I spent some weeks in Amsterdam and I rented an Airbnb and I would have different intensives with clients that would come from all over the world to work either a weekend with me or five days with me. And it was it was amazing. I I meet my clients and I figure out how I can serve them mm-hmm. and then make a plan from there. Because oftentimes people come and tell me, okay, so how do you work with people? I'm like, listen, I work very differently with people. With some people, I use two tools out of my toolkit. For some others, I throw my whole toolkit at them. Mm-hmm. And and it's a journey. So Yeah, yeah so I, I mean... You can work with her online, obviously, if you don't want to go see her in person. I want to um, come see you in person. Like, you're you're a bucket list person for me. I already yes. thought that before we spoke. And then, like, after I spoke with you, I called Andy, my producer, back, and I was like, we're going to Belgium. I, I've, de- I've decided, like, it's going to happen. It's going yeah. to be a sponsored trip, and, like, we're going to go and – we're going to meet this energy in the presence. This is something we both need in our life. And he's like, absolutely. Do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, whenever the time presents itself, because I know my linear timeline is like, what are you doing next week? But, you know, my life is like my child's three. Let's hold off on this experience. Yeah. It'll, it'll come when it comes. But I do want to yeah. say for anybody listening that really is falling in love with your message and everything, like, Click the links below. Her website's there. Her TikTok's there. Her Instagram's there. I know that um, people can't message you on TikTok, so they'll obviously click over to Instagram and message you there. You have an email address they can get to, but then you also have a website. But um, I found you on Instagram, and you messaged back immediately. And I was obviously super thankful for that, but I still enjoy going through your content. I love looking at it and learning from you. And I know that we didn't even get into, like, all of your TikTok content, but it just makes me think like you must come on and like do a teaching episode sometime and like really open our minds on just the way that um, you choose to teach spiritually. I think it would be wonderful. And I always love when people come back on for continuation episodes and just being like, hey, look at this information I found and deliver it in such a great format. I'd be happy to do that. I love to do that because... We spoke about great things, and there's so much more to speak in, like about this. I know. World. We were it's just getting one over. of my favorite topics. It's a sleepover, which is and I nature. don't want to go to bed. That's how I feel with you. I'm like, girl, <laughs> I know, I know. We should probably wrap up, but I don't want to because we're talking about like all of our favorite things. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's soul evolution and learning from it. And it's so, I mean, truly, it's intoxicating to just be like this is out there, this is plausible. And especially after feeling so dead in so many past versions of yourself, you're like, I love that part of myself, I honor it, I take care of it, I nurture it the best I can, integrating the shadow side, all those wonderful things. But feeling, truly feeling alive and speaking about being alive and serving people's hearts, I mean, I can honestly say that I find such 
compatibility with you when we speak on it. I'm like, yes, yes, you're, you're <laughs> saying my thoughts and my feelings and my heart space. And I love you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Like, and it's so amazing when these things happen, because it's like, you can speak for, we've been speaking, what, for almost three hours? It doesn't yeah. feel at all. And you're in Germany and I'm in the United States and I want to crawl through Zoom and sit on the couch with you. It's ridiculous in the best way come. ever. Yeah. So you I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I know I have to meet you in person. But again, <laughs> I want people to work with you too and be like, okay, so like now I have this online coach. I'm doing my shadow work. Like yes. that's the best and part about that, the platform. Because that's the thing. I can, and you can see it on my content on TikTok. I also teach, I always tell, taught, think of them as students have my clients I have my students because I have people that I teach energy modalities with so for example I think you, yeah you found me because of the deity work series that I started that I'm, I haven't even finished because again I had to take a pause I needed to do some things with my clients with myself before I'm back to have the space to keep creating content and put my energy in it but I teach people different modalities of connecting and understanding different emanations of energy like deities goddesses gods angels i am planning to do also a series on how to work with angelic energies that had nothing to do with religion they're divine beings from the primordial mother and what they are and how you connect with them that's what i also teach on a personal level to some of my students which is how do we connect with all of these energies? How do we understand ourselves and our spiritual energies, powers, privileges, gifts, how do you want to call them? So yeah, if someone is interested and would love to learn that and they vibe with me, they can also reach out in regards to that. Absolutely. And like I said, anytime I talk about you, I'll have all your stuff linked below so they can get a hold of you. Um, there's so much value in connection and getting to that connection as fast as you can when you find someone, especially over any internet portal to yes. really connect with. So yes, please come back. Let's continue this. Well, Let's educate more on all the things right now. Go over to her TikTok, enjoy the rabbit hole, take the rest of the day off because you're just going to get all up in her energy on her page. And Again, I just really appreciate you coming on. I freaking love talking to you. Thank you, Shai. It was so beautiful to one meet you and again speak with you because that first conversation we had was also very amazing. Mm -hmm. And now we spoke again. And thank you for sharing this space and creating this space for everyone that's listening and connecting with other people because of it. Very really beautiful. So thank it. you. I really appreciate it. The guests really are my favorite part, but I mean, after my confession about how music and I found each other after we lost each other for so many years, I picked a song from a Goose show that I went back to in November 2021. Um, one of my favorite humans on this earth actually introduced this band to me randomly, and he's like, I really think that you would like this. Check out these songs. Check out this band. So um, I got to see them live within a couple months of him introducing them to me. And I, I mean, it just shot off like a rocket. I was like, oh my God, their lyrics, their sound. It just makes me feel so good when I'm listening to them. Um, and I was going through my video footage today cause I have a little, like I'm missing going to live shows really bad. And I have almost a two minute clip of the first song that he showed me, which is called Arcadia. And 
In my opinion, I really do think that the lead singer is very well researched in energy, kundalinis, chakras, meditation, and all of that. Because I have dissected this man's lyrics and I am 100% convinced that he is talking about energy going up the spine and a kundalini awakening, maybe in a different format in this song. There's so many things that I hear in his music that I'm like, I know the books that you've read. I know the theologies that I don't know if you believe or don't, but you are a well-researched human and I love learning about you. But I definitely picked Arcadia today. Um, Have fun listening in on the lyrics a little bit. I think the audio does pretty good for a live show. I was like three rows away from front row. Um, But yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. And if you like it, go listen to their music because they're amazing. They're blowing up all over the country. They're in Mexico right now with Dead & Company, which is unheard of for like newer bands on the market. But um, I really hope you enjoy this vibe and I can't wait for you to come back. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.